Good morning, gorgeous. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Angel. And I'm your other host, Brandon. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Because who makes sense anymore? What makes sense anymore? What is sense? Sense and Sensibility. Great book. Great film. I can never tell them apart. Like, I couldn't tell you the difference between, like, Pride and Prejudice or Sense and Sensibility. Like, aren't they all just about, like, some rich white lady who, like, is in love with a man that, like, loves her but is pretending not to love her? Fear of being a spinster? Yeah. They're all written by Jane Austen, right? I believe so. Yeah. Hopefully we're not sounding like fools and idiots right off the bat. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be a first. I know, right? Uh, Who are you? I'm Brandon Alter. I'm a spiritual healer. I'm an astrologer and a tarot reader and a teacher of these modalities. I'm also a writer. And I'm your husband. Yes, you are. Can't get away from me. Not yet. Okay. And I'm Angel Lopez. I am a writer a film producer, a teacher, a healer, a quealer, an astrologer by trade. And this is a chock-full astrology episode. Yes, it is. Because we're going to give you a cosmic update in a minute and talk about what's happening in the heavens. We're going to do a deep dive into the second house, continuing our series on the houses that we started last month. Mm-hmm. And we've also got a brand new astrology course that we are very excited to offer starting next month. And we're calling it Astrology for Queelers. And what is a queeler? Some of you new gazers might be asking. Not to be confused with a squealer. No, although you can be both. They're not mutually exclusive. (laughs) Very true. You can be a squealer and a queeler. So it's seven weeks. Starting March 7th. But wait, we didn't tell people what a queeler was. Oh, right. So a queeler is a queer healer. Yeah. And we've made up a few terms uh, or words, I should say, through the course of our four years of doing this podcast. And queeler is one of them. What other What other words have we made up? I don't know. <laughs> queerdo? We didn't make that up. Though. I don't think we made up queerdo. We just used it a lot. Gazer. Gazer. Yeah, that's a word we made up. G-A-Y-Z-E-R. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, so maybe we've only made up one. Maybe we only made up two words. <laughs> two words. Just Quealer and Gazer. So we're patenting it by creating this course. Hey, then. We wanted to teach an astrology course that was accessible to people that don't have a deep astrological background, but that also was a place for people who do have some astrological wherewithal to kind of grow in different directions. So we kind of put together seven weeks of some of our favorite techniques and just some themes of astrology that can deepen your understanding. And we're offering it as a whole seven-week course but we're also offering it as like little a la carte workshops. So sometimes it's just one week, like we're going to do a workshop on Chiron. And sometimes it's two weeks, like when we do two weeks on like elections and inceptions, which is all about like choosing auspicious dates to launch things. Yeah. So you can buy the entire course or you can buy just the specific uh, subjects that you're interested in. Yeah. And you can sign up for each of those or the whole kit and caboodle on our website. And even if you're like, but I'm not queer, I'm not a healer. You can still join. Of course you can still join. And I would just go, are you sure you're not a healer? Are you sure you're not queer in (laughs) some way, shape or form? And really for us, astrology is all about healing. And astrology in some ways, even though it is super trendy these days, is also queer. You know, it is a way of seeing yourself slightly left of center. And so we hope that the seven weeks of this class will help you just kind of embark on your own journey of healing and being a queerdo in the world. Yeah, I'm excited. We haven't had a like a proper course in over a year. We didn't yeah. teach any courses in 2022. Yeah, so I'm like super excited because we were doing them quite often and it was just like a nice opportunity for community. And I know a lot of folks who took the classes got to know each other and have started, you know, friendships outside of the classroom. Yeah, we don't even know what happens there. 
I know, it's so awesome. It's like we have all these children who've left our nest and are living their lives. I know, but a lot of them keep in touch. Yeah, they, they like come home for the holidays for or invite <laughs> us, you know, to the school play. Um, it makes me think also, too, wh- uh, when you were talking about, like, being a queer or a healer, uh, the guy who reached out to us when we were leading our Kripalu retreat last fall and asked if... Uh, you had to be queer to join. Or yeah, yeah, it was like, is our straight people allowed? I just thought that was like so charming that he was like, "Can I come? Is of it okay?" Of course. Yeah, he did not come. By the way. Yeah, yeah, did not join us. Spoiler alert: <laughs> didn't show up. <laughs> the spiritual gaze must have scared him. But off. he was invited. I wrote back that email and said, "We'd love to have you. Everyone's included." We just think there's enough in the world that is from like a heterocentric point of view that we're just trying to do things from a queer centric point of view. Yeah. That doesn't mean we're trying to touch you. No. Straight man. Who said you were trying to... T- who said that? <laughs> I just think sometimes particularly straight men are afraid of queer spaces because they're afraid they're going to get touched. I think if you're afraid that you're going to get touched, it's because you want to get touched and, and you're afraid that it. your desire to be touched is going to be activated and then you're going to have to look at who you really are. Because I don't want to touch you. Well. Let's look at you first. Okay. <laughs> See, perpetuating the problem. Angelo oh, God. Over here. Who said that? Who said that? Hey, man, that's our, that's our promotion. We love y'all. And, you know, we do this podcast because we love y'all. But sometimes, if you want to support us, these classes are a good way to do it. Because we don't have a Patreon. We don't have a paywall like Robin Dixon. <laughs> Saving the best truth for behind her paywall. Yet. Would you all be really turned off if we started a Patreon? I know we had, we've we actually had people reach out to us and say, you all should start one. And it's something we've pondered doing. I think if we do it, it's probably going to consist of things we're already putting out into the world with maybe a couple added bits and pieces of like extra content but not too much extra content because y'all know your gazers are already putting out a lot yeah already putting out a lot but we've thought about it you know so you know drop us a line yeah you think it would i guess i would be curious because maybe some of y'all are like i can't take a class you crazy gays but i would love to support you via patreon because i love the podcast and it's meaningful to me and we don't know that so let us know let us know how to keep growing this and and just making this offering sustainable for us yeah. Can I just give like the loveliest shout out to my long, long time friend, David Frank? Yeah. Shout out David Frank. Um, who today just received a pair of really dope shoes. David is an amazing artist. A gift. Um, a gift from out of nowhere, out of the blue. Yeah. And sent me these shoes that I had actually like complimented and, and looked at back in the day when I think he was selling them like years ago. And, um, yeah, and then I guess he had him around and thought of me and sent them my way. And and in the note he sent me was just, like, you know, expressing gratitude for all the work that we put out into the world and do. And um, I just thought that was, like, such a sweet gesture. Yeah. Well, and you should tell everybody, like, what the shoes are because they're so cool. Yeah, I'll put a picture online when I wear them. Yeah, but, they're like uh, these hand-painted vans with, like, lightning bolts. Yeah, and very Aquarius season. They're like yeah, two they're different amazing. colors. It's really, really dope. So. What's uh, what's his Instagram? People should know about um, his work. Yeah, you all should follow David because he's in the process of creating a tarot deck. And just following that along is so cool. I really want to have David on the show. So if you're listening, David. Get ready. We're reaching out. Yeah, consider this your first invitation. But um, but yeah, you can follow David at P... I believe it's still P-Paw Metafish. <laughs> P-I-P-A... M-E-T-A-F-I-S-H. Is that how you pronounce it? Peepaw? I don't know. That's how I pronounce it. You know, it. you look at something online for like 100 years, and then you're like, how is that even pronounced? Peepaw metafish. How would you How would you pronounce that? No, that's how I pronounce it. I've just never <laughs> thought about how I pronounce it because I only ever read it, you know? Like you just like hear it out loud, and then you're like, oh, is that what that is? Totally. But yeah, you can either follow David there, or you can follow um, at the Frank brothers because his brother Danny is also an amazing artist um, and they put stuff out uh, they together like through a joint uh, work site yeah 
Um, so you can go and check out their work. It's literally just like delicious to the eye. It's like psychedelic candy. Oh, yeah. They're super dope. So, um, yeah, go check out both one of those. You know what's funny is everything that we've started talking about, like Patreon and a class and like getting a gift. These are all very second house themes. Funnily oh, my God. Enough. Look at us. We're like living in the second house this episode. Just can't get away from astrology. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to do our deep dive into the second house. But first, we should do a little catch up. Okay. Yes. You know, what have you been up to? I I only see you every day of my life. Not as much recently, though. I've been gone. I've been out of the house for a couple hours every day. Yeah. You wish it were longer, don't you? No. So you could watch more of The Expanse. Oh, goddess. (laughs) That really is my Aquarius season treat. Yeah, Brandon's just laid up discovering a new... Well, it's not a new show. It's an old sci-fi show, but you've now dove in headfirst. How old is it? It's not that old, though. I don't know. Didn't you say there's like six seasons? Yeah, I think there are six seasons of it. So that's a, that's a I long guess, yeah, time. I guess they've been making it for a while. <laughs> that usually means six years. Yeah. I guess we're like in that time of making entertainment where something that was made like 10 years ago doesn't necessarily look antiquated, you know? Well, no. I was just tripping out the other day that 2019 was four years ago. Girl, don't fuck me up like that. It just doesn't sound like it was that long ago, like 2019, but then you're like, oh, right, it was four years ago. This feels wild to me. All right, well, I want to go put my head in the sand. Do you want us to wait? I can't hear you. My head's in the sand. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Angel Lopez Magic Hour. I knew hour. it. You've been waiting for this moment to just take it away from us and I make it your I thought your head was thing. in the sand. It was a metaphor. I've been here this whole time. You're a liar, cheat. <laughs> You're a thief. You've done me wrong. You stole the show out of, from under me when I was just trying to heal my head. I didn't in the steal sand. the show. I'm saving the show. <laughs> We're waiting here in dead silence for you to put your head in the sand. What else am I supposed to do except turn it into an homage to me? What would you do if you had to host the show all by yourself? I'd talk about me for an hour. No. People you would only talk about you for like 25 minutes, and then you'd probably talk about Madonna for the other 35 minutes. I mean, there's a lot to discuss. Yeah. We did both watch the Grammys last night. Yeah, but let's not, go, let's not go down that rabbit hole. We're not going there. <laughs> We're not doing it. Abort. Abort. Yeah. Abort. All right, well, what's going on with you? Why don't you check in with me? What's new? What's happening? What's, oh, ha- what's going on in your heart? How is your heart? You know, my heart is a little, uh, it's open. My heart is open. I'm not frozen. Mm. Hey, call back to Madonna. Um, Yeah, no, I'm open. But, you know, this week is a weird week for me because it it marks the two-year anniversary of my dad's death. So it's like a little weird to know that's going on. And it's also simultaneously like my mom's birthday week. So it's like just like such a weird thing, you know, to like be celebrating my mom's life and also be celebrating my dad's life now in the same week. So, yeah, I don't know. It's like one of those things that I'm not actively thinking about it, but it just like pops it's the up. perfume in the room. Yeah, it just like pops up yeah. suddenly. And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, that's coming up. That's happening. So I know I need to do something to mark the moment and the passage of time. Um, it's wild to me that it's two years now. That just feels so strange. But yeah, so it's like it has me definitely like feeling sad. Um, yeah, it has me feeling sad. But. Yeah. You know, I also feel like closer to some of my family, you know, than I ever have. So that's like really nice, you know, to see that in the two years since that happened, um, I've had opportunities to have more of a connection with, with some folks. So, you know, there is that. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, I'm just kind of like in a work zone. I am definitely feeling very busy and I'm feeling the Aquarius-ness of the Aquarius season. Just 
lots of people, lots of interactions, lots of over here, over there, change, shock, you know, like just like all types of like curious shifts. And it's definitely just been like a very social time, but with um, people that I haven't seen in a long time too, which is really nice. I am ultimately enjoying the Aquarius season, but um, I don't know. The world's just also fucking so crazy and weird right now. Like, I just feel like it's all so tumultuous and strange and just try and find ways to uh, stay excited about the life I'm living within this wild, chaotic, and sometimes terrifying world. So that's me. How are you? I'm nodding in agreement with you. You're there with Nobody me. can see me, but I'm nodding. It's like Carrie Bradshaw when she would like be on the phone, you know. I'm nodding. Hardcore fans will get the reference. <laughs> well, that sounds hard, honey. I can't imagine the two-year anniversary. It's so weird for us to be in our like parallel griefs. It's a lot. It is a lot. But we're here. Don't recommend it. Zero out of ten. <laughs> yeah. One at a time. Um, but please tell us more about you or just you can give more reviews of The Expanse. Oh, uh, you know, well, I love The Expanse because I'm so sick of myself. And maybe you understand this, where you're just so tired of thinking about yourself. It's nice to think about a story. And I'm kind of sick of reality TV, even though I love it and I watch it. But I just like miss a big story. And the world is a scary place, but there's something about watching a sci-fi show in the future where people don't live on Earth and they envy Earth just for our ability to look up at like a blue sky and to like breathe free air that gives you like a different perspective on just the basics of your life and like what is really valuable. And so I think that's why I've like gravitated towards the expanse. It's also very interesting for me to think about like what what astrology is from other planets and there's a lot of like characters that inhabit the asteroid belt and so they're literally like on these asteroids like Ceres like Vesta that we talk about in astrology now I don't think the writers know anything about astrology <laughs> even though Mars is like a kind of war a warmongering planet in the in the show itself but it's just very interesting and i just wonder you know like we look up at the night sky and we see venus this glowing planet and mars this red planet and saturn this like you know kind of dark star in the distance and i wonder like what would earth look like if you lived like on the asteroid belt you know like how would it present itself in the night sky like a jewel who can say mm -hmm. yes i've been watching a lot of the expanse i just stumbled upon it I created a list a while ago of like just like TV for a future time and I had some time to myself because you have been out of the house and I was like, I'm gonna, I just need a story. I just need to plug into a story. This one's been nourishing me. So I don't know. That's all I got. You know, it's very easy to me. It's very easy for me as I still navigate my grief to just like spend all of my attention and energy on myself and what I'm feeling and it's my birthday next week and I've just been like swirling around that even though I'm very excited about what I'm doing for my birthday. I'm going to get my tattoo. I'm going to have no. a sound bath here at the house. Are you getting anxious about the tattoo at all? Or no, not? I'm just excited. I'm literally just so excited, which is why I know it's the right thing, because I have no anxiety about it, except for that one anxiety dream I had about getting a right. tattoo, <laughs> the one where that was I like got on a tattoo face. on my face, <laughs> and I was like, what did you do? Um, but besides that, no. No, I feel really good about it. I mean, I'm maybe more anxious than you are. I know. Are you going to be with me the whole time? Why don't... Am I? I don't know. I like <laughs> assumed so, but then I was talking to somebody, and they were like, do you have like podcasts like ready to go or like playlists? And I was like, yeah, I guess I haven't really thought about... like." the actual during the tattoo, like what I'm going to do. I don't know. I thought maybe I'd like just like be talking. Maybe I'll just like roll calls. No, because isn't there like a noisy like thing going on the whole time? Oh, maybe. Like I don't me. know. Is it noisy? Yeah, I don't I know. I don't know. I don't, I've never done it. I don't I know. I know. I don't I don't know. I'm just thinking of how it looks on TV. I've never really seen it on TV. You know, I don't like to look at needles. Well, I just mean like, you know, like on the show Younger when she was dating the guy who ran a tattoo Right. studio yeah totally i don't watch like tattoo ink or when miami ink yeah no, i don't know but it just always sounds like a noisy thing yeah i mean i'm happy to be there i just you know probably just be on my phone yeah that sounds that tracks <laughs> so i don't know if, 
Yeah, we'll be talking for like an hour. I don't know. You can like hold my hand. Maybe, I don't know. You'll walk up and down the street. And maybe you'll like go pop into a record store. You'll come back. All right. Well, bring I'll me be a there. snack. Who knows? I'll be there. Who knows? It's going to be an adventure. It's fun to like be turning 38 years old and like doing something I've never done before. Yeah, I think that's exciting. Yeah, I think it is exciting. It's a good solar return. Yes, it is a good little solar return ritual. All right. Speaking of solar returns, which is a term from astrology, (laughs) should we shift it into this episode's Cosmic Update? So we are coming to you, you know, currently from Aquarius season. We are just fresh off the Leo full moon, now heading our way toward the Pisces new moon. And what's nice right now is that all the planets are direct. There is no retrograde energy. Mercury's last retrograde is clearing its shadow. Mars still has a little more shadow work to do, but... She's on her way. So it's kind of nice that we just have all of this like really strong momentum energy. And I definitely feel it. Like I definitely feel like just, okay, I'm moving. I'm doing things. I got to keep, I got to keep things going, which I don't know for me is a nice change of pace as an Aries. Like um, I think having had my like home planet stalled was not fun. So it's nice that it's back in action. Uh, And it will very, very soon on February 11th, uh, we'll also see Mercury shift into Aquarius, which is really nice um, because, you know, Mars, even though it's still having some of its shadow energy, is in Gemini, which is ruled by Mercury, who's been sitting in Capricorn. So it's super nice that we're going to just get like a real breath of fresh air. And I feel like much needed fresh air. Yeah. And I think like Mercury in Aquarius ruling Mars in Gemini is more helpful just because they're both air signs. They can even like make a trine to each other. And Mercury just like thrives in Aquarius and brings a lot of like inspiration and innovation and everything that you were talking about, like people you haven't seen in a long time or like going here and doing that or unique conversations, but also the ability to see patterns and the ability to pull yourself out of the individual experience and connect to the collective. Yeah. So even though there is a lot of this like forward movement, there is just a lot of like big shift energy still at play with the just Aquarius energy. Honey, it's shift city and it's going to be shift city for a while longer because (laughs) right now it's actually like chill shift city. Right. Because next month is like shitty shift city. It's not shitty. It's just a lot. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I don't know if it's shitty. I just could. I just had to say the word shitty after saying shift city so much. that makes sense just felt like it needed to be mercury and aquarius loves word play mm-hmm. she does yeah she loves a pun she does she likes word play horse play nipple play so moving anyway, on um <laughs> she loves a quirtle she does love a quirtle we're also gonna see venus shift herself into aries next week Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, at the very end, February 19th. Got it. We get an, a Venus shift into Aries, which I actually think will also be very nice. Um, you know, Venus uh, currently in Pisces, you know, she gets a little like lost in her relationships. Things get a little foggy. Um, but I also think... What's nice is that she, because there's a lot of intuitive energy there, she reconnects or just connects more deeply, I should say, to like the soul friends, you know, the soul relations. And then 
after getting some clarity on who those people are when Venus shifts into Aries. She, she says, can, bye, like, I got to go date some new people. No, I was going to say, I think she like takes those people along for the new, for the next ride. hundred percent. And she's like, now what am I chasing? Yeah. Yeah. Cause Venus in Aries loves a chase. She loves to like get after something. Exactly. But Venus in Pisces can also be like a little melancholy. Yes. It's easy to get like stuck in your feelings. You know, I think if anything, what's nice about a Venus shift into Aries is that she helps us like value ourselves and our needs a bit more. You know, when Venus is in Pisces, she can get a little lost in other people's needs and other people's stories. And with a shift into Aries, it's like, okay, well, what do I need? Uh, what, do, what do I want to go after? Like you said. She also loves to look good. Well, yes. She loves to put on a spicy outfit and get a lot of attention. We both have Venus and Aries, right? We do. Which is why we are very much a Luke couple. We are a Luke couple. <laughs> a couple that looks together. We've really evolved even more. Cooks together. More into it. No, now it's just nice to like walk into places and like get compliments for our looks. For our looks. As a couple. I was always used to um, just, you know, nodding as people complimented Brandon and saying, yes, I know, right? So good. But now people compliment me too. Yeah, you've really evolved your personal style. It's fun. It's good. I like it. Yeah, bitch. That's progressed son in the first house. Girl. What about it? She is out here in these streets. Look at me. Strutting around with big heart earrings. Be me. I'm gorgeous. Yeah, you can't see them, but Aaron, but Angel is wearing... Did you just call me your ex-boyfriend? I was name? I know because I almost said earring. <laughs> I didn't almost call I almost didn't say that. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, but Angel is wearing. I got confused. Angel and wearing. So it sounded like Aaron. But I meant there's really no way to dig myself out of this. Wow, I've said the name quite a few times. Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, If you want more backstory on this, abort, I abort an episode a few episodes back. We heard the great Montreal story. Yeah, the great the Montreal story of 2022. God, that was a good story. It was a good story. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Angel, my husband, is wearing these really cute heart-shaped earrings with all these little fake diamonds that were my mom's. And Wait, they're, they're very fake? Cute. Yeah. I'm just teasing. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm aware that they're Oh, fake. okay, yeah. The backing's plastic. Anything else happening in the heavens that we should keep everybody abreast of? No, I think that is my favorite stuff for this current moment. But yeah, next month there's a lot more juicy business. So um, make sure you uh, tune in. Gorge. All right. Speaking of Venus, though. I'm your Venus. I'm your fire, your, your desire. desire. Should we get into... Um, Venus was a goddess of love. She ruled from the heavens above. I mean, I know that's not the lyrics or yeah, even I was like, the melody. What song is that? I'm your Venus. I'm your fire. Your desire. A uh, little known fact about me, unless you know me, in which case you know this, is that I do not listen to the lyrics of songs and I just like make up my own lyrics to songs. And some of my friends would get really annoyed with me because they'd be like, why don't you sing the real lyrics? I'd be like, because I can't hear them or understand them. So I just make up my own. And that is Mercury in Aquarius. That is true. And then sometimes when I learn the real lyrics, I like the ones I've made up better. <laughs> and then I refuse to sing the real ones, even though I know what they are. And that is just being a stubborn motherfucker. Also true. Should we get into our conversation about the second house? Yes. Let's head into this episode's Deep, Deep Dive. So last month we began this series all about the houses of astrology. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who sent us lovely messages and of excitement and encouragement about this series. We're going to keep going. Yep. So today we're going to be talking about the second house. And consider that the houses 
evolve one from the other. They reference each other. They don't exist in a vacuum. So last week we talked about the first house as a place for the personality to begin, the impulses that rule us. And consider that the first three houses, one, two, and three, are a lot about the individual search for the center of the ego, a place to call your own within yourself. And so the second house continues what the first house began in terms of this impulse of self as a place to hang your hat. It's a place for the identity to hang its hat, something to belong to yourself. And so traditionally, the second house is a place of your possessions, your resources, what you own, what you will grow into, and most importantly, what it is that you value. Money, 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 money. That song is canceled. Oh, right. I forgot. Didn't I do that already? Yeah, it's fine. All right. I'll start again. Money makes the world go round. World go round. The world go round. A mark a yen, a buck or a pound, a buck or a pound, a buck or a pound. Yes, money is a big topic of the second house. And it's a lot of what most astrologers want to bring up in regards to that house. Basic astrologers. Yeah, because it does go much further beyond there. Uh, Of course, yes, money, resources are all um, important factors of it. But we do really like to take it to that whole sense of like value. Yeah, and I also think the second house is a place where we go for security. And in a capitalistic society, money is security. But that doesn't necessarily translate for everybody. And based on how your chart is explored, you might realize like what I actually value or what brings me security isn't money. It's a connection to the earth. It's a connection to spirituality. It's my creativity. It's a relationship. You know, these things can also be illuminated in the second house. Yeah, I like the word stability for it because the second house is actually ruled by Taurus. And we know Taurus to be a very stable, responsible sign. At least that's some of the like general traits of a Taurus. So that second house does open the doorway to some responsibility and to stability. So figuring out what you need to do in order to live a stable life. Um, But also, yeah, how you go about uh, getting the resources in order to have some stability in your life. So everyone's chart obviously will... uh, have different rulers of the second house uh, depending on what your rising sign is so you can really look to the sign that rules your particular second house to help get a sense of how you approach attaining your resources attaining your stability attaining your money yeah or depending on if there are planets there it might indicate like what sort of resources are available to you or what different energies might compel you to go after the things that you value. Because we're not just here to mill around. We're here to go after something. And based off whatever is happening in your first house, and then based off whatever you value in the second house, by the time we get to the third house, it gives you a sense of like who you really are and how you formulate a picture of the world. And so you can kind of think of the second house as the midpoint, right? It's like firmly in the center between the first house and the third house. And this is a place where things coalesce. And it's also a physical place. Everything we talked about in the first house is energetic. It's nothing that you can like hang your hat on. I mean, maybe a little bit like your personal appearance. So I guess like we're starting to whisper the body. But the second house takes us beyond the body and connects us to like where we are and there is a bit of what to the second house too right yeah yeah because in the first house we ask ourselves who am i who are you i'm angel lopez tell me more i am a writer i know this i am a film producer you're gorgeous and you have beautiful heart-shaped earrings on yes a cabaret performer yes indeed i saw you playing the bongos at le cirque Oh, thank you. Well, life is a cabaret, honey. Honey, Giovanni, Giovanni. <laughs> uh, my 
they can't buy a class. Um, I was just saying because, you know, it asks us, who am I in the first house, right? And then in the second house, we kind of look around and we are like, oh, okay. And what helps to define that, you know? So it's like, oh, I this crystal, I like this. I'm putting it in my bag, mm. you know? Oh, this cat, I'm putting it in my bag. I hope it's breathable, this that blanket. bag. Well, it just like has its head peeked out. That's the cute. Top. Like, meow. That's so sweet. You know, like as you walk. You know, so you're just like grabbing things and putting them in your bag. And then it's like when you get to your third house is then when you're like, okay, why do I have these things? You know, you then start to like move into like the processing around them. But the what kind of feels like it's almost like the little kid, right? Who's like learned to crawl around and is like, oh, I want to grab this. Like, oh, I like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Which connects why it also then connects to Venus because Venus is very much about like attraction and what we're attracted to. And so the second house also gives us some sense of what it is we're attracted to. And um, I guess even on some level, like how we attract others. Well, I think the second and eighth house polarity introduces the concept of desire. What is it that you desire and what's desired of you, which is so Venusian. And how are you going to go after what you desire? And also, how do you call what you desire to you? Right. I also think the second house is what you're willing to spend money on. Well, yes, of course. Angel and I had this long conversation that like, Angel has a Gemini-ruled second house, and I have a Taurus-ruled second house. And Angel is willing to spend money on like experience, is willing to spend money on like just like satisfying a curiosity, which is so Gemini. And I'm less likely to spend money on that. Like I will, I only want to spend like on things that like have legitimate value. Like I hate spending more than something is worth. And that's just like a Taurus second house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'll pay for the luxury because it is Taurus if I feel like it's worth it, you know? Yeah. Whereas I will pay whatever if I'm going to get the experience that I'm hoping for. And this reflects on what our values are and it reflects back on what we're willing or interested in going after. Yeah. So to what you'd mentioned, I I believe earlier about like planets in there as well. Mm -hmm. Then our, you know, if you have planets then in the second house, it helps you to even deep or to deepen your understanding um, even more about what you value. Right. Because if you have Mercury in there, then knowledge is security for you and you value information and communication. And yeah, words are of real value to you. But if you have Jupiter there, then it's like you value learning. Mm -hmm. You value growth. And that is what like... Rich foods. (laughs) Rich foods. Oh, yeah. Really? Jupiter loves rich foods. Oh, Do you have Jupiter in the second house? No. Oh, I've never thought about that. (laughs) I just thought like, you know, something like my family is big on is like education. And it's like, you know, education is something that can never be taken away from you. And that feels very like Jupiter in the second house, right? It's like um, your stability is based on what you know, and it can't be taken away from you. You know, like your growth. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Saturn is, you know, valuing like a real intense work ethic, you know, and valuing responsibility. Structure and authority. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also maybe like approaching things from a fear-based point of view because Saturn can bring us our fears, but like making friends with your fears, like letting your fears guide you in some way, like moving towards the thing that scares you as opposed to away from the thing that scares you. Yeah. Because you understand the value of that. Yeah. Now, I also really want to talk about the more personal aspect of that second house, Mm -hmm. um, which is self-value and self-worth. This is what you are not going to read in who are you about to throw under the bus honestly i don't have any names because i don't read any of those books <laughs> in joe astrologer's book Mm-mm, not with joe joe don't know joe don't know joe just gonna tell you about how to write checks from the second house <laughs> but we're gonna teach you how the second house is about putting your money where your mouth is yeah because the second house does really uh engage with our sense of worth our sense of value you know it's where we learn to understand how to love ourselves it is connected to venus which is normally associated with relationships with others 
But I do believe it is also on some level how we relate to ourselves. Yeah, for sure. I mean, how you relate to others is a reflection of how you relate to yourself. Right. So it does, you know, share some components with the moon. Obviously, the moon really being like how we love ourselves, how we get our needs met. But Venus really um, gives us a sense of like just how strong a sense of value we have on our own self, our own needs. And so, you know, you can look to the second house and the sign you have on there to get a sense of your relationship with your self-worth and how to utilize it. So for me, having Gemini on my second house, it just shows that like words really do help me move through my relationship with my self-worth. Like when I gained a relationship with affirmations in my early 20s was honestly when I completely began to shift away from like the intense levels of fear and anxiety that I was moving through at that time and also just like real, real depression. Um, and I just like forced myself to write like every night, like just pages of affirmations for myself. And it was a real powerful shifting time for me. And I think that now in hindsight, I can see the Gemini on there um, helping me to understand why that was so valuable. Yeah. So the sign that rules the second house for you is the style of your self-worth or at least a gateway into that. Like for me yeah. with Taurus uh, as the ruler of my second house, like getting out into nature reminds me of my self-worth. Right. You know, like it reminds me that I am safe in nature, that I'm connected to nature. And it just like always makes me feel better about who I am. Yeah. So like you got Leo there, it's creative self-expression. It's getting recognition for what you've done. Mm -hmm. You know, Virgo needs a plan, needs a spreadsheet, you know, needs like a tidy space. Or something to be in service to. Right. Exactly, in order to really feel that sense of worth. So Scorpio just needs like a ball gag and a whip and, you know, like a shot of tequila after the deed is done. I was going to say like a strong psychological practice. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. But sure. Whips will do, too. I just mean, you know, sex might be the way in which you value yeah. yourself and find your self-esteem. Yeah. Which is great. We're here for that. Sex positivity. So what else? What else jumps out for you in regards to the second house? Well, I was just wondering if there are any planets that we should talk about for people. Like, what if you have Neptune in the second house? Well, it's valuing uh, spirituality. Yeah. You know? And the way you use imagination mm -hmm. in That's your life. Great. You know? And if you have Uranus in the second house? I mean, I think it's twofold, right? It's valuing your authenticity. With that comes your rebellious nature, because that is very Uranian, you know, doing things your own way. Yeah. Uh, but there is then also just like that general sense of like change, right. and shaking things up, like not wanting to do things like the same. Like yeah. Uranus and the second house people are not going to like probably have a singular career path. You know, they're going to be like, I'm making my money this way. Oh, now I'm making it this way. Oh, now I'm making it this way. Yeah, you know? stability within the instability. Yeah. Like they have to be the eye of the storm because yeah. they're also creating the storm. <laughs> yeah, like a Virgo with a, like a Uranus in the second house is probably going to have a little bit of a challenge time because they want to follow a certain plan, you know, or Capricorn, any earth sign, right? On some level, and Uranus is like, nope, we're writing it as we go. Well, that's kind of what we're experiencing right now with Uranus in Taurus, right? Because we're getting kind of like a through the looking glass experience of Uranus in the second house because there is so much change and there is this desire for stability in times that refuse to allow it. And I think Uranus is, is doing a lot of that. Yeah, it's like we're trying to write the plans for things, you know, on sand on a beach and the tide is high. In invisible ink. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Mars in the second house? You value taking action. Yeah. You know, like your self-esteem is empowered by taking action, getting shit done. And Pluto? 
I think Pluto and the second house people need their self-esteem to come like from the deepest source possible. Like Venus and the second house people might get self-esteem from how others are relating to them or how others view them. But I think Pluto and the second house people like need to find the underground rivers, the underground reservoirs, the things that nobody else can touch because Pluto wants that deepest experience of things. And I also think that Pluto and the second house people aren't afraid of death and like valuing themselves through an understanding that their time here is limited. Yeah, that's beautiful. So it's an opportunity now for you to look at your chart and see what you may have in the second house. And also, too, if you don't have any planets in the second house, that's okay. It doesn't mean like there's no money to be had or I don't value myself. Like, you know, obviously we always say like empty houses are just not the emphasis for you in this lifetime. But again, you can look to that planet or I mean that sign that rules the second house to help give you a sense of these things. But then, of course, always remember, too, that the planets will transit through that second house and push your relationship with your self-worth, with value, with resources, with money um, along in a big way when it does. Yeah. And I think the through line for all of this is that, like, the second house is the house of possessions, but your self-esteem, the things you value, these are things that you also possess. So yes, it is about money, but money is just one means of possessing yourself, your agency, your sovereignty, and your security in the world. Yeah. Okay, that's it, Katie Cats. We'll be back next month with the third house. Before that, we are just like so honored about the spirit talk that we're going to be able to bring you next episode. It's actually our first spirit talk of 2023. Oh, yeah. And I'm not going to say anything more about it, except that it's like an unbelievable boon that we were able to set this up. So we are really excited to offer something very special to all of you. All right. But now it is time for this episode's tarot card message so just take a moment and get centered drop into the heart and just trusting that this message will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode oh the wheel of fortune hey wow big change coming through everybody the Wheel of Fortune is connected to Jupiter, which is expansion and abundance and opportunity, but sometimes opportunity takes us on a different course. So the Wheel of Fortune definitely throws a wrench into whatever we thought we were doing, and it takes us sharply left in a new direction, but it's a direction that our soul wants to head in. And I sometimes think of the Wheel of Fortune as like the reweaving of the web in which we live, but the reweaving happens because we already unknit some of those threads a while ago. And so now the outer reality is catching up to what you were doing inside. So sometimes it seems like it's coming out of nowhere, but it's actually coming from something you intended or something that you kind of asked for or something that you've been working towards. So I would just say notice over these you know, next two weeks or until we meet again, what sort of opportunities, what sort of growth, what sort of blessings want to visit you, and what do you have to do in order to receive them or absorb them? Because opportunities can show up. They're like a doorway. They're like an invitation to a party. But just because you've been invited to a party doesn't mean that you're actually going to go to the party. There's a lot that you have to do before you can get to that party. you got to figure out what you're going to wear. you have to figure out how you're going to get there. You have to figure out how you're going to get home and maybe you've even planned to go to that party and then all of a sudden it's raining cats and dogs and you can't even get to the party so the wheel of fortune is a party and you have to decide is the party important enough for you to attend and if it is how are you going to stick your courage to the sticking place and make sure you get there yes here we go i love that knock knock who's there blessings hager can you name the play that Stick Your Courage to the Sticking Place is from? No. Do you have any guesses? I can't take it with you. <laughs> no. 
Stick your courage to the sticking place and you shall not fail. Shakespeare. <laughs> Brandon's doing this very like... She's a misunderstood lady. I know things dance. <laughs> Aquarius. She knows things. You're not going to guess. You're not going to I'm I'm trying to lead you. I'm trying it to lead is you. It, oh. She's a, a lady. Summer Night's Dream? No, she's a lady. Lady M? Yes. We don't say the name cuz it's bad luck. And only if you're in the theater <laughs> or doing a play. Well, all the world's a stage. What is that from? Hamlet, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all Shakespeare. And yet, it's not. Yeah, Shakespeare wasn't even a person. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you all for joining us. We're so grateful to have you tuning in. I have to say, I was so excited because I do see the uh, streams and downloads that we get. And last month, January 2023, was our biggest month we've ever had for this podcast. There were a whole 12 of you <laughs> that tuned in to listen. No, there were much more than 12. And so it was just like very nice to know that the podcast after all this time can continue to grow and um, expand out into a greater community. So we really appreciate all the new people who are listening to us. And we hope we're not letting you down. Yeah. And we hope you continue to share the podcast, talk about it, let the people know that the spiritual gays are here and we're not going anywhere. And we're clearly queer and we spell our name with a Z. Yeah. You hear that? Conservatives, we're here. No conservatives are listening to this. We're queer. We're queerers. Get used to us. If you want to find out more about us, you can go to our website, thespiritualgaze.com, or you can follow us on the Instagram, the Facebook. We're leaving Twitter, but we are on TikTok, and we've had a bunch of people watching our videos on TikTok. So. Yeah, we had to leave Twitter because we're tired of those Sesame Street characters <laughs> over there on Twitter <laughs> with that Sesame Street twinkle in their eyes. You know who you are. You know who you are. Maybe we'll bring Elmo along. Until next time, this has been your transit through the spiritual game. I'm gonna drive back.